0: The New Testament reading can be found in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, from verses 60 to 71. That's John, chapter 6, starting at verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe, and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one... Can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Uh, Thank you, Gideon, for reading for us. Uh, Please do keep that passage open as we look at it together. Let me pray uh, that God would speak. Uh, Heavenly Father, this is uh, a, a passage about your word. Um, so as we consider it, please would you speak to us, uh, would you draw us to your son, Jesus, uh, that we would know and love him better. Amen. Uh, so you've been here uh, over the past few uh, weeks or months, you'll know that we're, we're working our way through John's uh, account of Jesus' life and ministry, the gospel according to John. And today's passage comes at the end of a long chapter Where Jesus has been teaching. That's why it starts sort of in the middle of things. That's the on hearing it at the beginning. It's referring back to Jesus's teaching. Uh, We're in a synagogue in Capernaum, which is a town on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Uh, but it's not been plain sailing for Jesus. Some of what he said has created a bit of a commotion. Uh, People have been uh, been heckling. Uh, Something I'm very glad to say does not happen at the four o'clock service. But of course, these days, our own society is no stranger to controversy. Uh, the news is full of arguments, increasingly full of arguments, about what people have said. Um, you know what I mean? Some politician or celebrity says something controversial, uh, whether it's about Brexit or Donald Trump or whatever's going on this week. Um, and you'll hear all sorts of questions being yelled across the headlines um, or on social media. Uh, if you're unfortunate enough to be exposed to that. How can you say such a thing? Who do you think you are? Why should we listen to you? Uh, You may have heard of the problem of the echo chamber, so-called. This idea that we we only listen to people um, that we'll know we agree with. Uh, And when we hear someone who makes us feel uncomfortable, well, we, we get outraged. Of course, all of this is made worse by... 24-hour news, social media, and so forth. Um, But I think this passage shows human beings have never particularly enjoyed being told things they don't want to hear. And that's exactly what's going on with Jesus in our passage. There are things he says that people don't like hearing. That was true for his first hearers, and it could also be true for us. Why should we listen to Jesus? And not look elsewhere for answers. That's the question that this passage invites us to consider. And we're going to look at it under three headings. So the question is, why should we listen to Jesus? Point one, yes, Jesus' words are challenging. Point two, but Jesus' words are those of God. And point three, furthermore... Jesus' words give eternal life. So point one. Yes. Jesus' words are challenging. Let's join the crowd in this synagogue in Capernaum. It's packed out. Everyone's jostling for a better view so they can hear what Jesus is saying. Uh, These are people who've come from miles around. Um, It says they've come further in the chapter. It says they've come all the way from Tiberias, all the way up the coast. Imagine walking on foot all the way from Camborne to Christchurch to hear someone preach. Why have they bothered so far? Well, immediately before this, we've had the miracle known as the feeding of the 5,000. You know, an amazing sign of Jesus' power. And you can see why people are interested. Everyone had had a good meal and they wanted to see more. What's Jesus going to do next? What's he going to say? Let's go and see. But as they stand there listening to Jesus teach, the the mood shifts. Don't make much of this. What's he on about? He can't say that. And that brings us to verse 60, our first verse. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? In other words... It's hard work, why bother? It's worth just thinking, what sort of things has Jesus been saying? Well, here's a sample from just before our passage, verses 53 to 58. Um, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them huh, what on earth is he talking about? I want to say, yes, the crowds aren't wrong. This teaching is quite hard. Uh, um, There are all sorts of aspects of Jesus' teaching that we can find hard work. But there are two senses to this. Um, Some of what the Bible teaches, it's simply hard to get our heads around. We're left scratching our heads. And it's a fair question to ask, what does Jesus mean by the Son of Man or eating his flesh? I mean, they the good questions to ask. We'll come back to that later. But there's another sense that what Jesus says is hard work. And it's this I think we need to focus on. We can understand Jesus' teaching, but it makes us feel uncomfortable. It, it challenges us, um, our sense of who we are. When Jesus says that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you have no life in you, well, he's not just giving good advice how to live better. He's talking about life and death, sin and salvation. He's saying that without him we are dead. That is not something to be taken lightly. It affects everything about us and how we see the world is it really worth it you know it might be worth coming to the synagogue to hear him speak or for us to come to church and see what it's like but is it really worth following Jesus walking with him and working out the meaning of what he says in our lives and let's be honest there are plenty of other voices to go and listen to other places to go Uh, Voices that are easier to understand and that won't challenge us. For the crowds following Jesus after the feeding of the 5,000, well, what did they want? They wanted food, that's what it already had, and security and, and comfort. And there's plenty of voices that will promise us that in this world, or at least claim to. I mentioned politics and politicians earlier. You wonder why our society is getting so frantic about politics might be because we're looking to it for security we want someone to fix everything or or to tell us that it's all somebody else's fault that's the kind of voice we can want to listen to because it doesn't challenge us Uh, or maybe there's voices on on tv advertising which tell us you know that we're worth the comfort uh, and the material material goods um, you've probably noticed the Christmas adverts have already started um, they're telling us we can have it all whatever we want uh, we should have it although the adverts seem to be getting more and more ludicrous every year there's plenty of other voices for us to listen to voices that won't challenge us and that are easy to understand so is it worth bothering with Jesus that brings us on to our second point Jesus' words are the words of God. How does Jesus respond to the crowd? You can imagine the crowd wanting him to say something along these lines. Sorry guys, I, I misspoke. Huge apologies. Let me start again, only this time I, I'll, I'll go slower and I'll try to be more sensitive. But that's not what he says. What does the crowd get? Well, verse 61 onwards. Then what if you, you think this is a hard teaching? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Wow, where do we even start with that? Jesus is not interested in giving us a quick fix. He, he wants the crowd to slow down and actually listen to what he's saying. And if they did, they would realize who it is who's speaking to them. And similarly, if we just slow down, it it does start to make sense. And it points to why Jesus is worth listening to. So looking at this verse again, the Son of Man. That's one of Jesus' titles for himself. He talks of ascending. Well, this could be um, looking ahead to his ascension back to heaven at the right hand of the Father. We would have a lovely illustration of it behind me if the curtain uh, wasn't up, covering it up. Talks about to where he was before. Um, so reminding us of, of the statements he's already made about coming down from heaven from God, being more than just an everyday prophet or preacher. And then there's the comment: the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. Or maybe his point here is that the crowd need to stop taking everything at face value, what they can see, touch, sense. That sort of fleshy human being in front of them. Maybe they need to look up to spiritual realities. It's worth saying as well, Jesus doesn't say everything so mysteriously. There's quite a lot in this chapter and in the Gospels where he's very clear. Um, So earlier he said, anyone who believes in me shall have eternal life. That's nice and clear. It gives us the clues. Um, it points to how he's more than a good teacher. He is that, but he is so much more. Um, The phrases in this passage, the Son of Man, the Holy One of God, they are describing Jesus' true identity. And of course, there's the famous words at the very beginning of John's Gospel, which we'll, we'll get again at Christmas. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Which John is saying, that's Jesus'. So if we ask, who does Jesus think he is and why should we listen to him? Well, here's your answer. Jesus is fully human, but also fully divine. When Jesus speaks, that is God speaking to you and to me. These are not just one more set of opinions among many. This is the voice that spoke the universe into existence. This is the voice that spoke life into Adam and Eve. Jesus himself says in verse 63, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Jesus isn't asking to be heard. He's simply speaking. And it's up to us whether we bother to listen. On to our third point that Jesus' words bring life. What do the crowd do in response to this extension of Jesus' teaching? Well, verse 66, From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You, know, you might think, that, that could have gone better. Um, you know, the crowds dissolve, they flood out of the synagogue going, Pa! He's mad, no point bothering with him. You know, Some miracle worker... And Jesus is left, alone by the pulpit, watching them go, unapologetic. And we're left with just an empty, drafty synagogue. Except, wait, there's still a few figures standing off to the side, a little distance off. There, there's 12 of them. they spent perhaps the most time with Jesus. There's, there's Simon Peter, his brother Andrew, Philip, and a few more. And they're standing there waiting, not quite sure what to say. And what does Jesus say? Thank God at least some of you have stayed. Was I too harsh? Do you think I could get them to come back? No, he turns to them and and says, if I may paraphrase, are you lot going to leave as well? As I said before, Jesus isn't interested in a quick fix. He keeps raising the stakes. And it's worth us hearing the challenge. Um, it's as much a challenge for us as for them. If it's too hard, says Jesus, don't expect me to change. It's up to you whether you think it's worth it. Is it worth it, listening to Jesus, grappling with what he says? Or what does Simon Peter say? I feel sorry for Peter. So often in the Gospels he ends up looking like a little bit of an idiot. But look at what he says here in verse 68. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter's done well. Yes, Peter says, Jesus is worth listening to. Now, how can, how can Peter and the 12 say that when everyone else has left? Have they figured it out? Are they the only 12 people in Galilee clever enough to have worked out what Jesus is talking about? Is that what we need to be, just cleverer theologians? Well, no. Are they just better people than all the, all the others? You know, purer, more pious, nothing to be ashamed of when Jesus challenges them. Is that what we need to be? Well, no. No one reading the Gospels could mistake this 12 as particularly clever or particularly pure. In fact, one of them is going to go on to betray Jesus. So why do Peter and the 12 stay? Why should we stay? Well, let's look again at Peter's words. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus' words may be hard work, Peter says, but they can do what nothing else can. No one else's words can provide life. Nothing else can provide that. Sure, other voices can provide good advice. There's plenty of that going around. But nothing else can provide eternal life. This is what Peter and the 12 have come to believe and to know. That Jesus has the words that bring life because he is the Holy One of God. The source of all light and life. They most definitely have not figured it all out. But they know enough. And that's the question for us. Do we believe and know this? Or at least do we know enough to know that Jesus is worth following? Do we know that Jesus is not just some teacher or prophet, but he is the Holy One of God, the very word of God made flesh? And so that he's uniquely qualified to speak the words that will bring us life forever in a way that nothing else can. The answer is yes. Then you stand together with Peter. You have listened to the words of God in Jesus and you've heard them. When you come to read Jesus' words, you are reading the very words of God that are giving you life. God is already at work within you. As Jesus put it back in verse 65, no one can come to the Father, sorry, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. If you want to know Jesus better, if you want to understand his words, then God is already at work in you. And that means we we should pay attention when Jesus speaks. We should listen to him in a way we don't listen to anything else, um, both because he's God and his words are giving us life. And as we come to a close, it's worth asking another question. If Jesus is worth listening to, well, how should we do it? I think one thing that struck me as I read this passage was we need to stop ourselves from rushing by. In our modern world, we were always in a rush, particularly in Cambridge. That's the problem the crowd had had in this passage. They don't take the time to actually reflect on what Jesus is saying. But if Jesus' words are the words of God that give us life, we need to think about them, pray about them carefully. The, the place we do that is, is in church, with church family. But it, go, it goes beyond just coming into the building uh, on a Sunday. So after all, the crowds were happy enough to come to the synagogue to hear Jesus teach. But they come as consumers. Um, and that, that's easy for us to do. I remember when I first started going to church on my own, I would sort of sneak in and out. Um, I had plenty of questions I wanted to talk about, but I didn't really want to ask anyone. And I didn't really know where to start in figuring them out for myself. I think, again, what Peter's example shows us is it's fine to have questions. And wanting them answered is a key part of being a Christian. And that's why Peter and the Twelve stay. They stay with Jesus for years. They, They live with him. They share their lives with him. Because they want to dig deeper, to know more. Obviously, we can't physically follow Jesus around Galilee, but there's various ways for us to do the same thing. Um, To take one example, it might be reading the Bible regularly, Um, perhaps committing to read through the whole of John's Gospel over the course of the term as we do it in sermons, or maybe catching up on the other sermons um, that have been preached online. Steve preached this morning on the passage before this, and it's well worth listening to. Um, It might mean reading with someone else, reading a passage and then asking each other what you make of it. It means praying as we read, making it a two-way conversation, um, letting God's words challenge us but then asking him for help. This goes beyond just listening in as the crowd were doing. It, It starts to have a conversation with Jesus. And when we start to do it, what we heard in our Old Testament lesson will become true for us. And this is what I want to close with. Listen to those words again, God speaking. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hand. What a promise! But it's promising about God's words that when we listen to the words of Jesus, we will have life in abundance forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for the faith to say with Simon Peter that Jesus is your Holy One. And that with him alone are the words of eternal life. Please stir our hearts to hunger for him. To trust that Jesus alone can deliver us from death and sin. And so that we would listen to what he teaches and follow where he leads. In his name and for your glory. Amen.